Alright, race fans, welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast with Casper the host. This is your home for all the racing news and nonsense you actually need. Whether you're here for some dirty talk or the juicy details of my asphalt affair, just remember this show is by fan for the fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Calling all iRacers. This is an emergency alert. For those of you that have paint schemes that make you look slow, there is only one place to go, and that will be RockyTopRaceWraps.com. For all of your iRacing needs, you guys know the faster it looks, the faster it goes. A good wrap will add at least 15 horsepower. I've heard that some of the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add up to 97 horsepower. So I recommend you head on over there. Look at uh, RockyTopRaceWraps.com. Be sure to uh, send them a message. And, uh, hey, they might give you a deal if you mention the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. They might. They probably will. But uh, head on over there. uh, Get some help making your ride look nice. Thanks. All right, y'all. Welcome in to the Caution Black Contemplation Podcast. I just want to give you guys a quick little intro with a little update on what's going on on the show today. So this is a little bit of a long episode. Uh, it includes some pretty um, pretty passionate discussions from Casper, the host there. Um, first of all, I wouldn't listen to this if you got kids in the car. Second of all, um, there's a couple things I went off on here, okay? There's a red alert for NASCAR. It's going to be closer to the end. Um, addressing the horsepower situation. Um, there's also the issue about the caution flag. I, I, I felt pretty strongly about that. Uh, that's kind of in the beginning of the episode. <clears throat> we talked about the fact that the trucks had, you know, some rain, rain weather issue, tire things. I don't, you know, whatever. Rain tire issues. And uh, it's a pretty good show. So I just want to let you guys know, if, if it starts off slow, hang in there. Uh, there's definitely some stuff you want to skip around towards the end. You're going to want to hear the red alert, alert part after I get through the news. Uh, kind of talking about NASCAR. And you're probably going to hear the part about the caution flag because uh, I was pretty much on a passion-filled burn about the uh, the whole three laps on that tire sitting on the track. So, anyways, thank y'all for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, race fans, welcome to the Asphalt Affairs. This is the section of the Caution Flag Contemplations podcast. Where we're going to talk about all things NASCAR. No dirt, except for Bristol. This is going to be the asphalt racing. This is for those of you that don't care nothing about real racing over on the dirt track. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright, y'all. Welcome in to the Asphalt Affairs show. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Alright. So, basically, I'm going to do the whole thing in 36 seconds. Uh, the NASCAR Cup Series went to Martinsville, had a boring race. Kyle Larson won. Uh, you thought Ford was finally going to get one, but Ford still sucks. So, uh, yep. Yeah. All right. That's it. Just kidding. That was the 16-second uh, version with uh, your host, Casper, here. I uh, I have a lot more to say about Martinsville than that, obviously, but that's kind of the summary of the Cup race. So, anyways, we are going to dive right on into this thing. All right, we're going to go ahead and do the cup race first. Um, 
don't know, man. It's uh, the cup race is gonna be pretty quick. I don't even know where to start with the cup race, so I'm just gonna go to my notes. And we're gonna go from there. All right. So, <clears throat> kind of first thing I noticed in pre-race, you know, I try to make a pre-race comment for y'all, cause you know I try to watch it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, first of all, I was really missing the Martinsville hot dogs. Uh, me and uh, my, my my man there, we went to the whole. Uh, we went to Martinsville last year for the first time, spring race, um, and had a great time. I ate some hot dogs. They're cheap. It's fantastic. I missed it. For those of you that don't know me very well, I am an avid grilling fan, okay? And uh, it's pretty well tradition at my house that on Martinsville race day, I cook the hot dogs at the house. We do mustard, chili, onions, and slaw. We're plain, just like they did at the racetrack. No options, okay? Um, none of that ketchup dog uh, my old padre would tell you that a ketchup on a hot dog if you look at the menu uh, it actually that is a kid's dog so any of you that are adults that solely put ketchup on a hot dog uh, your child um, he would probably argue that if you put ketchup on a hot dog all your child I'm not actually going to disagree with that. It's it's just not good. I like ketchup, but uh, hot dogs belong with mustard, chili, onions, and coleslaw, or any mix of those, uh, but nothing else. Nothing else goes on a hot dog. No mayonnaise, no relish, no tomatoes. Like, no. Mustard, chili, onions, coleslaw. No cheese. Cheese does not belong on a hot dog. There you go. Um... I'm taking a hard stance on that, so you've heard it here, okay? Just trust me. I know the best way to eat. I've cooked a lot of food. I don't know if y'all know, but I weigh like 500 pounds, and uh, I've ate a lot of it. So, all right. Anyways, pre-race, I was really messing the hot dogs, and uh, but I was excited because I've got me a new, uh, new to me, uh, Weber Performer. Got that thing fired up, threw some dogs on it uh, with the chili actually on the grill this time. Uh, as a life hack, um, so I don't have to heat up the burner, you can do it all outside on the charcoal, baby, but, um, did that, and, uh, the couple things I noticed on the TV broadcast there in the pre-race was, first of all, Brad Keselowski's wrap, that Fastenal Silver 6 car, whew, man, that was a sexy, sexy race car, that car would look really good under the lights at Darlington, I'm just saying, like, that car, if they, uh, if they can't run that thing, it's for the Southern 500, but that wrap, that's sad because that was a fantastic wrap, Brad. I loved it. Um, I hope you get to run it more. It was, it looked really good. I don't know if you've run it before. I just noticed this time. It was really sexy, so uh, please keep running that one. Also, I just wanted to point out that the old wrap on the 45 machine, the Monster Beast car for uh, Tyler Reddick, also, again, just solid work. It's it, it was a little busy, but also simple and clean, and uh, it just it was nice. I liked it. So uh, good job to them there too. That was kind of all I had in pre-race. Um, you know, I was pretty nervous leading up to the race uh, as to the quality of the race. Obviously, I was there last year and watched kind of the uh, the shit show, and um, you know, I was hoping that it would be a little better this go round. I'm sorry, guys. I'm still recovering from the COVID, okay? But um, I wish it would have been a little better um, than last year. And, and, and I was thinking that going the race. And honestly, it was a little better than last year. Uh, I don't know how much better, but it was a little better than last year. But um, So I was pretty worried about it. And uh, so, yeah. So we go into stage one. 
And uh, within three laps, I can already see that this is where we're headed to the same place we were last year. You miss the corner, you downshift. It's like giving yourself a freaking turbo boost back up off the top side. Those cars are so gripped up, they have no power. You know, you just... If you get bumped up, even if you get hit and knocked up the track, downshift, stand on it, stay in their line, you're good to go. I mean, I I don't know what else to say. It's uh, it's disgusting. Shifting ruined Martinsville for cup race. Um, we're going to talk about it more later, but, you know... Basically, when the race started and the green flag fell, I pretty much watched about five laps and knew that's how it was going to go. Uh, just from watching the guys trying to get to the bottom and who could, who couldn't, and then guys that were running a little high and then just basically downshifting and getting out of their problem. It just, I don't know, man. It's not NASCAR. Um, so, yeah. So, we do that. Uh, we go on through uh, the first stage there. I uh, believe the first day did indeed go caution-free. Uh, lap 80, something like that. Um, Ryan Priest led all those laps, I believe, over uh, Eric Amarola. Your finish for stage one was Ryan Priest, Eric Amarola, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, Chase Briscoe, Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, William Byron. Um, so, yeah, we ran the whole stage with uh, no caution. And um, that's what happens even at one of the hardest racetracks to drive when you just downshift if you have an issue. So, uh, that's pretty boring. Um, there was a little bit more side-by-side -side action. I, you know, taking away the downforce helped. I don't know, like a smidge, a sputter. You know, it's kind of like if you got a big bruise and you put a little bit of makeup on top trying to cover it up, but not a lot. You st people can still see it, but they don't. You know, they thought maybe you got slapped instead of you got the shit beat out of you. You know, like, it, it's just, I, I don't know. It was a little better. Still a problem. Um, we'll address that at, at the end, how I think they can fix it. Um, which, I, it's not really how I think I, they can fix it. I mean, I, it's how everybody thinks they can fix it. But, um, yeah, so we got that. Um, going through stage two, um, the 43 did indeed... Spin the 21 car, Harrison Burton. I don't know why, but uh, he did and did indeed spin him. I guess he was tired of being behind him, whatever. That was good. At least we had one solid, I knocked you out of the way deal. Uh, I'm sure if you ask Eric Jones, he would tell you, no, nah, man, I mean, I just, you know, I was <clears throat> I was tight. Brakes weren't working, so uh, I just ran into him. I, my bad. I, I, that's not, it was, it was completely incidental, so... Uh, I'm sure that's what happened. Uh, no need to interview or ask about that or even, even talk about it because, you know, we just know at this point that basically something happened with his car. He couldn't control it. He ran into him. So, um, yep, so that was caution number two. Uh, really, and that's really caution number one because that's that's a natural caution. The stage cautions don't really count to me. So that's, that's caution number one. Um, stage two ends. Kevin Harvick wins the stage for the first time since 2020, they said. Holy hell, Kevin Harvick hasn't won a stage in two years. That's wild. Uh, Kevin Harvick wins over Chase Briscoe, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, Brad Keselowski, uh, the one of Ross Chastain, 38 of, what, 38? Is that uh, McDowell or Gillen? I apologize. Not used to seeing them up there. I can't ever get them. It's Todd Gillen in the 38. Um, the 99 Daniel Suarez, a 10 of Eric Amarola, and a 5 of Kyle Larson finished in 10th in Stage 2. So Kevin got him a stage win. Uh, my pick to win the race was Kevin. At this point, I thought Kevin had a chance. 
Uh, we restart this deal. And we go on, we get into a, a green flag pit cycle in stage three. And then, around lap 300, a tire comes off the 78 car, parks on the front stretch right next to the wall, uh, right by the Geico area in the restart zone. And uh, NASCAR takes approximately 15 and a half minutes to throw the caution flag, um, even though everybody at home, how many ever million people are watching at home, um, saw that this should have been a caution and the flagman was looking out of the flag stand at the tire on the track in the racing groove and didn't throw the caution. Let me repeat. The flagman was looking at the tire and did not throw the caution. What on earth are we doing? I saw it. He saw it. That's why they put two. All right. Let me breathe. <clears throat> Apparently, the NASCAR tower has to approve all caution flags. Even though we have somebody in the tower. Okay? I. <sighs> He's a flag man. His job is to throw. The effing caution flag. He doesn't need to have approval. He's the flag. Let me repeat. Flag. We call it, We throw these things called caution flags. You know, this is the caution flag contemplations podcast. Not the caution contemplations. The caution flag. Because we throw a flag with the flag man whenever there's some crap on the track. So that the guys slow down, don't hit it, don't kill them. Or send a tire into the stands and hit somebody up there. Or bounce into pit road and hit a pit box doing 120 miles an hour. Knock that over with you know, all your VIP sponsor guests on top. Your crew, your team owner, your crew, your wife, your kid. You know, that's you know, a really solid decision not to throw the caution for the damn tire on the track, NASCAR. It's a really, really solid decision. I, uh, I I think it was a great idea. The flagman, in fact, he shouldn't ever throw the caution flag without getting approval over the radio to throw the caution flag. You know, usually at the dirt track, what they do is they let them run around for five or six laps while somebody's sitting right there at the exit of the corner. You know, the only place where you could possibly, you know, slip a tire. Um, they like to leave stuff up there. That way, if somebody hits it, it's more exciting. Um you know, and their drivers can finish their pit cycles or whatever they're doing, you know? I, I don't know. No excuse, NASCAR. None. Zero. Nada. You're lucky somebody didn't die. That tire could have killed somebody. That tire sat there. I, I, I really, I said 15 minutes. In all, in all reality, it was for at least two laps that tire sat there. With the caution man holding the flag, looking at it, probably radioing in, asking for permission to throw the flag. I hope that in a meeting this week this was addressed and that man was told, throw the flag if you see something on the track that can kill somebody. That shouldn't be a question. It shouldn't be a question. Never. Not a question. Shouldn't be. If it is, it's a problem we need to change something. Hell, if you're going to do that, why do we have flagmen up there? I'm not going to lie. I've always looked at NASCAR and been and like, why do they got two flag people up there? And when I was like 13 years old, when I went to Atlanta or whatever, I realized, 
Oh, they put two up there. One can watch, you know, turn one, turn two in. One can watch three and four in, and they can tap them to throw the caution. That makes sense. That way you have eyes on the racetrack, definitely can see pretty well the whole track from that vantage point, right? There's there's no – they don't really have blind spots up there. I mean, it's a great idea. In fact, it's a fantastic idea. But, hey, I got an idea. Let's put two in the flag stand on a quarter-mile stretch, basically, you know, really a fifth mile stretch because they can't quite see all the rays around so let's put two people two eyes covering a fifth of a mile and if they see something on it let's tell them to radio in even though they're the ones holding the flag and the ones that press the button that's a great idea i i think you know i really good job nascar let's hire them for no reason to stand up there and look like they're doing something because traditionally have like Hell, if you're not if you're not gonna let the man throw the flag, take him out of there. Why is he standing up there risking his ass standing in the flag stand? If I mean, we don't need flags. I'm gonna be honest. We don't have to have flags. Flags is a tradition thing. Flags is not something that we have to have. What does a flag man do these days? Nothing. Nothing. You can argue that he throws the you know slow down flag and maybe that helps. But let me tell you. Those spotters are already on the roof, and they can be responsible in telling their guys not to be blocking up the leader. They know who the leader is. Like, why do we have a flag man if he can't throw the flag? That's what he's there for. Or she. NASCAR has some some female flag ladies. They do a great job. But, you know, it's pretty shitty when you don't let them do their job. You pay them to stand there to throw a flag whenever there's an issue, and and they, they can't do it. What is this? I, 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 my, you know, my mind was so blown. I couldn't even look to see who they were trying to cheat up the pit cycle for. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was going to let Chase win if they left it out another lap. You know, I'm sure that there's somebody's already, you know, found out who it was they were trying to help by doing that. Whoever it was, it's unacceptable. Somebody in the NASCAR tower should be suspended for that happening. If we're going to suspend crew chiefs for tires coming off cars, somebody at NASCAR should be suspended for a tire sitting on the track for more than a minute while the flag man is looking at it. Suspend somebody from NASCAR for that. If NASCAR doesn't make some kind of statement about this, that's disgusting. In the SEC, when an official screws up a call, they come out and say, okay, we messed this up, he's been placed on leave. We'll be watching it. Whatever. Something has to happen here. And if your race director was not letting the flag man throw the flag, it's on the race director. Thousand percent. But whatever the hell happened is not okay. Do better. Do something different. What happened is not okay. All right? I wasn't at the race. I I have been at races. I have seen stuff get hit on the track and go flying. I've seen tires get hit and go flying plenty of times. It's scary as hell. Thankfully, I've never had one flying towards me. But I have watched tires get batted up into a pit area, batted down in the infield at dirt tracks in particular. And you just you hope that everybody's paying attention. You hope they're paying attention. I mean, NASCAR, what is your excuse? If there is no apology issue, if there's not somebody suspended, if there's no reprimand... That's disgusting, okay? Own that one. Own it. NASCAR, own the fact that you do not throw that caution fast enough. Own it. Own it. 
Okay, I'm done yelling now. Maybe. Probably not, but I am for a minute. It's ridiculous. Re-dick-you-less. Do better. All right. So after that bullcrap caution that happened in the middle of pit cycles, everything gets shook up. Okay. Uh, Kyle Larson starts up front. Um, we're doing a restart with approximately... Let me look and tell you how many laps. Sorry, I was a little fired up there. Uh, that It really bothered me. Really bad. Like, it bothered me really, really bad. Um, God. Hell. Um, sorry, I gotta find my notes again, because I just... I was slinging shit around here because I'm so mad about it. It's it's ridiculous. Um, all right. So we had the debris caution. Uh, that was at lap three twelve. Um, and basically that kind of shuffled everything. We had about eighty laps to go. Um, or maybe that wasn't the one that shuffled the pit strategy. That might have been the next one when JJ Yaley got in the wall. I don't know what happened to Yaley. I guess the brakes broke, the throttle hung, something like that. He hit the wall pretty hard. The caution came out. Um, and I think that was the one that screwed everything up on the pit strategy. Some guys hadn't pitted yet. Some had. and um, Whichever one of those two it was, it doesn't matter. They were in the middle of a pit cycle. The daggum caution came out. Screwed everything to hell. Okay? You had some guys that had pitted, some that hadn't. And, um, you know... That caution was in the middle. I think the reason they were holding the caution was probably because they were trying to get the pit cycle through. But obviously, if your spotter sees that on the track, they're not bringing them to pit road, so why wait? Duh. Duh. So, it it was the tire. Okay? I just went back and checked. It was the tire because it, it was screwing people at that point in time. We didn't need tires when J.J. Yaley wrecked because why did you need tires? I mean, it just... I don't know. We ended up doing, some guys did two tires on that caution. Some guys did four. Some guys did none. Uh, Chase Elliott went with four. He restarted the 20th after that one. Um, Kyle Larson took two there, and um, that ended up being the winning call. Okay, But basically, at the end of this thing, you know, at the end of the day, there was no passing in this race. Chase Elliott made a run from 20th to 10th in that last run, somehow in the last 40 laps or whatever. I don't know how. I really don't, but he did. Glad he did. I was watching. It was his first race back. I didn't even say anything about that yet. We'll get to that. But um, he made a run there at the end. Um, but basically, the whole race was about pit strategy. When these guys that had good cars all day, like Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, those guys were running up front for a lot of the day. Um, they got screwed on the pit stuff, and they were done. Joey Logano was like, he he went a lap down. He almost went a lap down again, maybe, and somehow finished second just because he got track position because there's no passing in these cars anymore. We don't believe in passing in NASCAR on a short track. That's why we run these bullshit packages with no horsepower and shifting. Uh, we don't want anybody to pass because there might be excitement. We don't want that. So, um Yeah, so Kyle Larson gets the win. Good job to him. Always said he never win there. Yada yada yada. The only way he, could, he might could win there is because it didn't take a lot of patience on the gas pedal. Uh, that's good drivers have won it. You know, we used to always say, you know, it takes a good driver to win at Martinsville, and the reason for that was 
you had to be patient. It was all about using, you know, using the gas pedal like there's an egg under it. Can't crack it. And uh, not burning your stuff up and having something at the end of a run. So Kyle Larson gets the win. Joe Logano comes home in second after running 38th all day. Um, good job to them on that one. Uh, Martin Truex finishes third. Figured he'd be a contender. Denny finished in fourth. Chase Briscoe rounds out the top five. A couple other notable finishes. Ryan Blaney started 31st after a bad qualifying effort, finished second. Ricky Stenhouse got a top 10. That might be his first top 10 since Daytona or something, it feels like. Chase Elliott in 10th after starting 24th in his first race back after being out for six weeks. Uh, shutting up all of you dumb, dumb Chase Elliott haters. It's like, Josh Berry is better than Chase Elliott. They're probably going to fire Chase at the end of this year and bring Josh back. Josh's average finish was a 17.2. Are y'all, y'all really telling me that Chase is not going to have an average finish of a 17.2 this year? Is that really what you think? Don't be dumb. <sighs> uh, other than that. Ross Chastain started 34th after a poor qualifying deal. Uh, finished 13th. Kevin Harvick, um, after running good all day in the top five, in my opinion, had a chance to win. Kevin led 20 laps, won a stage. After they won the stage, got screwed on pit stuff, never got track position again. Finished 20th after starting in 7th. Kyle Busch finished 21st. Probably one of his only races he hasn't wrecked or been in the top five. Tyler Reddick, again, was up in the top 10 all day, got screwed on the pit stuff, finished 22nd. William Byron, same thing. Okay. Brad Keselowski, also, same thing, was up there, got screwed. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Other statisticals for the race. Statisticals, that's for you, Big Drew. Um, the time of the race was 2 hours, 50 minutes, 35 seconds, to run 400 laps. Okay. Uh, we had five caution flags for 50 laps. So we had two caution flags... For stage breaks, three wrecks slash natural cautions, and we had 10 lead changes among nine drivers, which I'm going to say 90% of those happened based off of pit stops. Probably 8 out of 10 happened off pit stops. You know? I mean, what the hell are we supposed to... Uh, it, that's the only way to make passes on a short track now. So, uh, you got to do it under, under caution. Um, so, yeah. Um... That was the truck. That was the cup race. Okay, a um, couple things kind of to discuss on that. Um, obviously, uh, in the cup race, the shifting was a problem. Um, as I said earlier in this thing, after a lap, I knew that was the problem. Uh, the race was a little bit better than last year. Just it seemed better. I guess those cautions and mixing up the field. Helped it look better, even though it really didn't race better. It just looked better. It Honestly, it just looked better because there was different people. Um, I mean, that tire falling off might have saved the race. Like, we might have gone green the whole whole second, third stage. Like, literally might have. Um, it's Martinsville. Like, we're not supposed to have 200 lap green flag runs. You might do 100 to 150, but not 200. Also, it should have been a 500 lap race. I just, I don't, I don't like 400 at Martinsville. I know they want that three hour time window race. That's why they do it. But at Martinsville is a 500 lap track. Uh, we've been going there for too long to run 400 laps. I think I said that in the preview show. But um, anyway, so we're going to move on to the other series and we'll come back and I'm going to talk some more about what we can do with the cup cars after that. Uh, we're going to talk about trucks and Xfinity here. Uh, the truck race. So. 
<clears throat> me and old JP were at the house on Friday. We were supposed to be watching the truck race and the XR Super Series at Bulls Gap for their uh, prelim nights for the uh, Spring Thaw 100 that we attended on Saturday. And, um, you know, we were hanging out. We ended up, like, we are going to watch truck race and the dirt race, but basically we could only watch the uh, the truck race because the dirt race got rained out. And that was fine. I, you know, I like a good truck race. Uh, I love Martinsville. Um, any car other than a cup car race is good at Martinsville. So I was excited to watch it. Um, truck race goes under wet weather delay. We have these quote-unquote wet weather tires that NASCAR's talked about all year for, you know, shorter than a mile tracks. Um, the theory is we're supposed to use them to basically not make the rain delays be as long and uh, shorten that time up, time lost, and get some laps in. Um, so, they put them on all the trucks, tell them to drive, drivers in the trucks on the tracks still damp-ish, ish, not really damp. They tell them to do that, so the guys put the tires on the cars, uh, on the trucks, they go out there, start making caution laps, make like 50 caution laps before the race starts, Tra basically dry the track completely. Um, and the only thing that was really wet was pit road, in my opinion. I, personally, if I was a driver, I would have wanted slicks on at that moment. The first 10 laps probably would have been really bad, but after that first 10 laps, you would have started cooking people. However, NASCAR again, and all of their geniusness about wet weather racing, took the ability from the teams to decide what tires they put on their car and said, okay, we're going to come in here, you have to put these tires on. Okay, we're going to come in here and you have to take these tires off. Stupid. It's just stupid. It's completely dumb. If we're going to have these tires, let teams do what they want to do. Quit telling them what to do. They're grown men. They can figure it out. Okay? Don't tell them how to put rain tires on their truck or their car. Let them figure out what is best for them. You just start the race. Um, also, if we're going to run wet weather tires, don't put them on the trucks and then send them out on the track to dry the track. I mean... <laughs> they, before they dropped the green, they ran 50 laps of caution, it felt like, around the high side trying to drive the high side of the track. Hell, if we have rain tires, we need water on the track so the tires don't just absolutely burn up. Am I wrong? Like, on road courses, whenever you're going through that transition, I don't. I would assume most of you listening know, but you actually drive in the water on purpose even if it's offline. Because that's what keeps the tires cool and makes them last longer. But instead, NASCAR's like, let's drive the track out and then let's not change tires and let's race with them and see what happens. So that we can say we've raced on an oval with wet weather tires. It's a great news headline for them. It's something that's needed to happen for a long time, but it was completely pointless the way they did it. Okay? Um, honestly, with the amount of time that they ran pace laps around that track, before they started the race, they could have finished drying the track. It should not take longer than 30 minutes to drive Martinsville and Bristol. I have personally been at Bristol, watched them fire up a jet dryer, and that thing would be ready to go in 28 and a half minutes. I was there. Okay? I was there. I don't... I, it's... <laughs> <sighs> they added time by having these tires. Okay? They added time. They took away strategy of the race. Because they controlled who's doing what. The truck race is already short. The truck race... Here, let me get the lap count. Let me get the stats out for the truck race right here. The truck race was supposed to be a 200 lapper. It was scheduled to be a 200 lapper. Um, they had that competition caution at like lap 45, which was basically, hey, get off the wet tires, put on these slicks. 
that caution took forever because they had to get pit road dry after they threw the caution flag. Uh, that caution was 19 laps long. The caution, are y'all listening to me? The caution was 19 laps long, okay? That's not okay at all. Like it's, if we have wet weather tires, we don't have cautions 19 laps for weather. You understand what I'm saying? Does everybody understand why that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard and why I would have this rant that I'm having? You should, okay? But, it, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying. So, they basically added time and took away laps that were raceable. All right? Stupid. The truck race. Uh, the truck guys drove like truck guys, okay? Um, let me get back to my notes here before I get lost. Um, they had... the, the the truck race ended up being a 124-lap race out of 200 that they were supposed to run. And they had exactly 63 caution laps out of 124 laps. More than half. For those of you keeping score at home, that is more than half. Right? Half will be, what, 62? More than half. 63. Stupid. 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 It's not even a race. And then they called the race short after they ran half of half of the race under caution. It's disgusting. You can't do that. Like, if we're going to have these tires, let's race on them in the water. And, hell, they'll slow down and figure it out. I'm not a fan of having a, quote, damp weather tire. If it's, you know, if there's lightning and there's flooding, it's one thing. But rain, you know, a steady, a, a small steady rain, these tires, just race them. They're all got the same ones. They got lights, they got wipers, they got tires. They'll be fine. They're going to go like 70 miles an hour, but it's fine. I'd rather watch that than that pitiful excuse of a race that you guys had. Okay? <sighs> um, the only other real notable thing I saw in the truck race, Stuart Friesen at one point had a flat tire and intentionally spun his truck out to get the caution. This also happened in the Xfinity race, I believe. Um, I think Josh Williams did it. Uh, NASCAR, it's really time to start hammering these guys. I'm done with it. Uh, if you guys are going to start policing stuff again, which apparently you are since Denny's not allowed to talk, we need to start hitting these guys that's intentionally causing caution. This is this is big boy league NASCAR. You don't get to have a flat tire. No, you're going to go three laps down, hit the brake pedal, slam the gas, turn a steering wheel, and spin a car out. It can't do it. got to hold them. Got to. Got to. Got to. Got to. Okay? Uh, there's that. Carson Hosevar... Um, again, right hook somebody down the front stretch, back stretch at Martinsville. How many times has he done this now? Four, five, seven, eight, nine. Every time he gets in a car, he uh, clearly can't control his shit, and he needs to be suspended. Needs to be suspended. The same thing I said about Daniel Suarez. There's a safety aspect to hooking somebody down the front stretch. It's not acceptable. You do it once, shame on you. You do it twice, shame on me. He's done it five times. Park his ass. Park him. You guys held him for two laps, so you've now acknowledged that there's a problem, and you held him for two, two laps isn't enough. Either park him for the rest of that race or park him this week. I think parking him this week's fine. I, th I mean, I'll just save one truck at Talladega not getting torn to shit. Uh, trucks aren't at Talladega. I'm sorry. It's sex at Talladega. Trucks will go there in the fall. But, <coughs> excuse me, guys. I mean, it's just, it's not okay. 
I'm not. I'm done with it. If we're gonna police it, let's police it. If we're not, then let's. We gotta let the drivers police it, and that means that you know. When I say let the drivers police it, you have to let them come out there and police it. So that means if he gets turned, he goes and turns somebody. And then he can come on TV and say, well, he did it. He got his he got his whooping. That's what happens. Um, not to uh, steal the old uh, TikTok real video, but, you know, F around, find out. I mean, that's that's the scale that, that you're on. Uh, the stuff with these guys is disgusting. If you're right hooking people down the straightaway... Um, that puts you on a like a nine level of F around, so make sure it's a nine level to find out. That's all I'm saying. Two laps is like a, like a three level or four level. So let's escalate it. All right. Um, on that, there was a win. Somebody won the truck race. Uh, let me let me go over a couple statisticals from the truck race. Um, <clears throat> as I said, 124 laps. Um, all both stages and the end of the race. Same top three, 11, 51, 38. Corey Heim, Kyle Busch, Zane Smith. Top three, both stages and the end of the race. What a joke. What a joke. And it's not because they weren't able to pass. It's because there was no racing. They had 60 laps of green. I watched more green flag laps at Bulls Gap at a dirt track than I watched in the truck race. How about that, NASCAR? How about that? In a dirt race. I watched more green flag laps than I watched in the truck race. All right. Congratulations to Corey Heim. Glad he got the win. I'm sure Kyle Busch is pretty hacked off. He's ready to get that 100th win for KBM. It will happen at some point. I don't know. I guess I'm trying, I was trying to think how many races he's run this year. It's He's he's getting close to being at his limit of five, but he's probably got one or two left. Um, truck race was an hour and 23 minutes. I suppose that was the time they were racing. That can't count red flag time. Um, <coughs> we had... Six cautions, 63 laps, two lead changes among three drivers. But you only had 60 laps of racing, so what do you expect? What an embarrassment for NASCAR that that truck race was with the weather tire situation. If you have wet weather tires, race in the rain. If you don't, don't race in the rain. If we don't have tires that we can race, if it is wet, and when I say wet, I mean wet with water falling or imminent, you know, not pouring but falling, then we don't need to be racing in it. Just wait. Run that one that race on Saturday, you know, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. was the option I think I'd seen. Uh, maybe start pitting somebody outside at the track. Let the trucks pit outside. That way you don't have that problem. You don't have to run at 9 a.m. to let the cup haulers in. Pit them outside. They can pit outside the track on the back stretch over there. Or in the, I think, uh, I'm sorry, maybe at Martinsville they can pit them over there. I think it is a back stretch. They can pit them up if they need to. Or it might be over there at the end, the other end of the track. I'm not exactly sure. There is an area out there that we went last spring. It's fan zone that's paved that can be pit area, and there is a gate there. Uh, I believe it is off of turns three and four right there. That they, they could do that, but they chose not to. So, um, you know, do better. You suck, NASCAR. You, you got to do better. The, the, the wet weather tires was a joke. Uh, if we're going to do what we did in the truck race, we don't ever need to see those again. I'm glad you got it out there that you had those happen, all right? Congratulations to Corey Heim, Carson Hosevar. You suck. You should be parked. That's the summary of the truck race. <sighs> Let me get a sip. I'm on a roll tonight, in case y'all can't tell. I'm doing this a little earlier than normal. But, um, all right, Xfinity race. Um... Let me tell you what the Xfinity race looked like. I didn't get to watch the Xfinity race. It was on Saturday. Me and JP were at the 
uh, Volunteer Speedway, Bulls Gap, Tennessee for the Spring Thaw 100. If you haven't listened to our Dirty Talk uh, episode, please be sure to go and do so. Um, it's a good, I, I, it was it was enjoyable, man. I really like doing those episodes on Dirt with JP. Still working on a co-host for the NASCAR show. It takes a lot of time. And, um, you know, I enjoy JP being on there. We're looking for a co-host for the NASCAR show. We'll see what we can come up with. But, uh... If you haven't listened to it, the episode is Dirty Talk Move the Damn Toters. For those of you who don't know, a toter home is a hauler. Generally what you see at a dirt track, it's not like a NASCAR hauler. They're not wrapped. It's an RV pulling a giant-ass trailer. They're like 90 feet long, okay? Um, if you need a picture, shoot me a tweet. I will send you one. Um, but listen to that episode. So uh, I watched the, the highlights of the Xfinity race. Um, you know, I so I'm not going to act like I watched the whole thing. Because I didn't, obviously. But, um, yeah, it, from what I saw, it looked kind of like old NASCAR Cup racing on the, the old Martinsville Speedway. One of my favorite tracks, 250-lap race, 2 hours and 12 minutes, um, 10 cautions for 82 laps, 7 lead changes among 6 drivers. There was movement in the top 10 throughout the stages and the end of the race uh, a little bit. Um, you know, John Hunter Nemechek did pretty well dominate the race. Um, he led 198 laps. Josh Berry led 27 at one point. Um, you know, <clears throat> there was, uh, the notables, there was a big, um, wreck. The 38 car hit the wall pretty hard. Looked like he pretty well killed it for Martinsville. Martinsville is one of those tracks that's sneakily because of the low speed, the impacts are actually worse. They just don't bounce off. It's kind of weird. Uh, Josh Williams had a flat tire and also spun out intentionally. It looked to me like the same way that um, I was saying about Stuart Friesen. Those need to be investigated, and they need to be penalized for that. That's nothing against Josh Williams. Obviously, I like Josh Williams. Interestingly enough, he decided to spin and park it and get a yellow. Uh, I don't know that's what he wanted. That park it thing worked out for him. I noticed he had sponsorship this week from uh, Call 811 Before You Dig. It's awesome for him. Glad he got that out of his deal. He has 15 minutes. He's getting a little sponsorship. I hope he gets a chance to you know race. I hope they get some good money to get some good parts to give it give him a real chance so uh, josh williams did end up finishing the top 20 there he finished 19th um <clears throat> other than that uh martin truex jr <laughs> see i said it ryan truex uh i'm not I almost said ryan truex jr it's it's hard guys uh ryan truex is driving the uh 19 car there um in the xfinity series this year don't really have a problem with Ryan Truex other than apparently he can't drive. I mean, I, he absolutely just buried in another 98 the one for no apparent reason. Shipped both of them. Wrecked them both. Tore the shit up. And it was disrespectful, dirty, and it just looked like a rookie move. It looks like some crap you've seen in the truck series. And maybe he needs to go back to the truck series if that's how he's going to race. Uh, you got to own that, man. you got to do better than that. We can't be having that um, in the NASCAR Xfinity series. There's no place for it. Do better going forwards. Again, Unfortunately, because of the the you know decree issued by NASCAR here, it's not like somebody can go wreck him next week, teach him a lesson, give him some of what uh, he he gave out. Can't do that anymore. So, uh, kind of is what it is. And that obviously John Hunter check goes on to win the race. Does this burnout and the daggum car catches on fire over the mud flaps, um, which somehow sneakily brought social media like up on. Oh, maybe we shouldn't have burnouts anymore. If ever been to a race and somebody didn't do a burnout after they won you were disappointed 
I've been there, done that. If they don't do a burnout, I feel like I'm getting ripped off. So I'm not going to say don't do burnouts. Um, I am tired of the ones in the wall. I, I will say that. I'm tired of doing the burnouts up in the wall. Um, nose to the wall. It's it's lame. It's the easiest burnout you can do. Do a real burnout. I don't know if y'all watched Kyle Larson's burnout on Sunday, but he did he did a burnout for a whole half mile at Martinsville. Lit the tires up. He did blow the tires up. But um, he showed some driving talent in his reverse lap. Complete burnout. Drifted all the way around the corners. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, to go just nose in the wall and go wide open until the motor blows up is not hard. I think anybody that listens to this show could do that. Um, you know. Uh, eh, maybe not Bexy, but uh, <laughs> gotcha, girl. Um, you know, I, I don't know why they do it that way. It's it's just let's do something different. As far as the mud flap things go, we got to have them for the rain, so I'm not going to tell you to take them off. Um, so just do a better burnout, John Hunter. I I don't know. Um, I do. <coughs> you know, somehow this these videos of Junior talking about Truex from like 15 years ago or something have resurfaced and now people are talking about how guys are doing this stuff to their cars intentionally i mean i think blowing the tires on the the fenders and the underside has been you know a thing for the while and then it just turned into a thing that guys want to do is blow their tires because it's cool you know you kind of go to you blow the tires that's when you know you did a good burnout or whatever but don't want to really cut back the burnouts i would like to quit tearing the cars up a little bit so just do better burnouts do some donuts you know you don't have to blow tires up you know, do some donuts, climb the fence, do something cool like Kyle Larson, do the Kyle Bush, make an 18, you know, park it at the line, whatever you want to do, but, you know, we don't have to tear everything completely to hell every time we do a burnout, okay? No need to burn the car down, um, so yeah, um, that's kind of my opinions on that. All right, all those races are done. I went over the stats for that race, uh, John Hunter won both the stages and the race, he pretty well dominated it, okay? Um, <clears throat> all right, so kind of my overall Martinsville topics I want to talk about. So obviously the cup race is the big, big topic of discussion right now in the social media world and in the, in the news, NASCAR news media deal. Basically, um, we have a problem and the panic button should be being pressed extremely hard at this point. Um, if you are a NASCAR official something has to change oh sorry about the yawn there it is for you for you sissy uh there's one for you i thought maybe i'd get this episode because i started a little earlier but i didn't but um it's just talking about the cup series race it's hard not to yawn you know um so basically um the problem is that the cars don't race good because they can't pass they can't pass because they could just downshift anytime they're going to get passed. And then they get enough of a run to block the person from getting a run all the way out to the wall. Like that's, we can all agree that's pretty well what happens. And that's, you know, why the racing is terrible. Um, so the, the answer is for shifting. There's only two things I know we can do. One, we can go back to a four speed gearbox um, for these transaxles instead of five. Two, we can uh, take the horsepower to a thousand. Um, I was talking to, uh, one of, uh, me and Big Drewski's homies today, old T. Fitty, uh, he's never been on this show, he has been on the, uh, Little Tangerine show with me and, uh, Big Drewski before, for those of you that know what I'm talking about, but, um, T. Fitty was talking about, he saw the replay of that old video of, 
uh, Johnson and Gordon, you know, beating each other's doors off, coming to the line, Jimmy got the win. It's a very painful day for me as a Jeff Gordon fan growing up. And um, I went back and pulled that video up, too, because he was talking about it. But basically, um, they had this stuff whenever they put their, their pedal down. And basically, the cars kind of kicked out because it had power and they were hard to drive. And you had to actually like hold on to the steering wheel, turn the steering wheel, and, and you know, play with the gas pedal to get a run there. And uh, you know, it, it actually took some talent. You didn't just you know click that thing up and then you know just put it back to the floor and just block somebody's run you know through the actual racing line until you can get back up to speed. Um, <clears throat> so I was excited to see that uh and you know it makes me think this horsepower thing it's been said a million and a half times okay so i don't need to say it i've seen on on the socials obviously all the drivers are saying it if you watch the race you didn't need to hear them say it. you already knew it but we got to do something better i don't know what the answer is i know that nascar is not trying to go these high horsepower engines i'm not trying to get political here but i understand why they're doing it Politically, these car companies, okay, you guys know, we're in like the glory year of muscle cars. We're done making Camaros, we're done making Mustangs, Dodge done making Hellcats. And the reason is, our government, you know, particular president, in my mind, uh, decided that we needed to really fix our street cars to be more efficient. And um, because of that, the OEMs want the cars on the track to mas match the cars on the street, right? Well, they're all going to have to change their power source to continue to have fast cars that don't, you know, make five miles to a gallon. They're going to have to change their power source. And a very good way for them to try to sell that is if NASCAR has that in their cars. Whether that's hybrid, whether that's electric, I don't know. I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just saying that's where we're headed. That's the honest truth of it. Uh, I don't see NASCAR ever going back to a thousand horsepower. I wish they would. Um, I do wish they would. I just don't see it happening. I think that that would instantaneously fix a lot of the issues they're having, even with these big tires. First of all, with these cars, if they go to a thousand horsepower, we'll break a track record everywhere we go. Like th these cars will turn better in the corner than anything ever has, and they're going to be hauling ass. And they will be aero dependent on mile and a half. But just take the splitter off of it. I mean, not splitter, the spoiler. I don't, we don't care. I just want to see somebody be have to struggle to drive the car. I, as a race fan that does a podcast uh, for the fans by a fan, it, it shouldn't be anything. I shouldn't be able to sit here and actually think that I could go run a mile and a half. Uh, we used to would have said there's no way in hell I could do it. But I'll be honest with you, with these cars, I I think I could do it. And, you know. I'm sure that some NASCAR driver, you know, if they heard that, would be like, dude, you're you're dumb. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. And you're not wrong. Like, I, I understand you guys. It still takes a lot of talent. I'm not taking away from you at all. Take away from NASCAR from taking away your tools in your office. Um, it's kind of like taking, you know, a graphic designer and taking away their, uh, taking their memory system from 32 gigs of RAM down to 8 and telling them to continue to do graphic design. It's just, it's ignorant. Nobody would do that. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You're not saving money. Now, Denny's come out and said they're not saving money. I know they're not saving money because these guys are still trying to find every, every freaking half horsepower they can because that's all they know to do. That's what these teams have been doing for the last 20 years. That's what they're going to do forever. 
Like, that's racing. Racing is finding horsepower. So, NASCAR, your answer is, we got to figure out something to do about the horsepower. Well, if you want to go to hybrid and have power, you got to do something. These guys got to have more power. they got to be barely able to handle these cars. These cars have to be harder to drive, and honestly, they have to be faster. Like, they have to be faster. Because we need more braking zone at a track like Martinsville, because that's where passing happens. That's where there's opportunity to make a move. And uh, that's what we need. So, we're going to have to do that. Um, if you can figure out a way to get rid of the shifting, it might half help the problem without adding power, but it's still not going to be the same. So, um, that's kind of what I've got on that. Now, this is the part that if anybody from NASCAR hears this, they don't want to hear this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, kind of kicking the can around with some of the boys this week. Um, what is out there stopping Hendrick Motorsports, Roush Fenway Keselowski, um, Stuart Haas, Denny Hamlin, uh, SHR, Legacy. What is stopping them right now from saying, okay, we don't like your rules. We're going to start our own league. We're going to get together. We're going to form a, a, a sanctioning body, and we're going to race the cars that we want to race and the tracks we want to race at, the horsepower we want to race with the TV deal that we want, streaming or whatever. What is stopping them from that? What is stopping them from saying, okay, hey, Junior, Harvick, Justin Marks, and uh, Jeff Burton, y'all just bought the Cars Tour, so what we're going to do is we're going to take the Cars Tour, and we're actually going to make that a NASCAR deal. We're going to make a Cars Tour Super Series. It's not going to be uh, pro late models. It's going to be super late models, and we're going to go race uh, wherever we want to. We're going to put it on, for example, Flow Racing. Uh, we're going to charge $40 a month to watch it. They get all the money they wanted out of it. And I'll tell you this right now. You think you've seen fans at a race. If you take the current NASCAR field and you put them in super late models at a track like Bristol, you might see 200000 in there again. You won't ever without something like that. But if you do that, you might see it. Uh, NASCAR, watch out. These guys, there is people like Dale Jr., like Kevin Harvick, like Tony Stewart, like Justin Marks. They are in the position, they could do this tomorrow if they wanted to. I know it doesn't have the name brand NASCAR. I know it doesn't. But there's nothing stopping them from saying, okay, we're done with NASCAR, we're going to go race something else. I know that the money on their charters, you know, there's a lot of money tied up in their charters and all that kind of stuff, they basically be thrown away. But what is stopping them from creating their own racing league? I don't think there is anything. I mean... If you're Rick Hendrick, Jeff Gordon, if you're Denny Hamlin, if you're uh, Brad Keselowski, if you're Dale Jr., if you're Justin Marks, um, if you're Jimmy Johnson and that group that owns Legacy, if you're Richard Childress, what is keeping you in NASCAR? I would say Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart don't even like NASCAR at this point. Like he might sell out of his half of that. Like he might sell his half of that team to Gene Haas just so he can be out of NASCAR because F NASCAR for Tony Stewart. We'll talk more about Tony in a minute. But I'm just saying, what's stopping them from, from, from creating their own sanctioning body and hiring people and putting people in place as a rules commission? There isn't anything. Um, if you do the short track thing, you see this all the time. I'm a dirt guy, so I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm sure that there's different platforms for asphalt. Um, Flow has some of it, but, but like they have the Cars Tour, I know, but you know, there's a there's a nationwide super series this year. 
I don't know what it's streaming on. It might be Dirt Two Meteor Racing America, something like that. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know all those asphalt ones because I, like I tell people, I don't have enough room in my brain to keep up with all the dirt racing I keep up with NASCAR and local asphalt racing. Personally, I just love dirt racing, so that's what I keep up with um, the most. As far as like what occupies the most of my time and space in my head when it comes to sports, that's the one. Um, I had a discussion with some guys this week, and uh, they were giving this one guy a hard time because he's like, I don't really care anything about football. Like, we live in Tennessee, and he's like, We're like, you can go to Tennessee game this year. And he's like, I mean, I might go to the game, but I just, I don't care. Like, I got other stuff to do. He's like, I got my mind full of cars, I got my mind full of lake stuff i got my mind full of hvac and i ain't got room for nothing else and i don't have time or care because i'm busy with the other stuff that i do because i do well at it and because it keeps me entertained like i don't have time to do other stuff that's how i am with dirt racing when it comes to the, the short track asphalt stuff if it's on and i'm not watching a dirt race i will watch it i love to sit down and watch cars tour race but i'm not you guys aren't really ever going to hear me talk about it on here because i just don't have time to process it and give you any kind of feedback but in the dirt world right now, obviously you have Lucas. Lucas is on flow. Lucas and World Outlaws are your two main tours. They both have their own network, essentially. Uh, world of Outlaws has Dirt Vision World Racing Group. They have World Outlaws Late Models. They also have Sprint Cars. They have some tracks they've signed deals with. Flow has essentially done the same thing with the Lucas Oil stuff. And they've gone and added stuff like the Cars Tour. Um, you have some other ones out there. Obviously, XR um, has their own streaming service. <coughs> that streamed the Spring Thaw 100 this weekend. Also streams some other series. Um, you also have some regional series now that's teaming up with Dirt Car, which probably means they're teaming up with Dirt Vision as well. And, um, you know, it's there's, it's a, there's a big push in that market. And I think the actual race fans will pay to watch this stuff. Like, I... I don't know that I would pay to watch a current NASCAR Cup Series race, but I will tell you right now, I will pay to watch a million-dollar race at Eldora. I will pay to watch a $100,000 race at Bulls Gap because I know I will be entertained. I don't know that I'll be entertained with NASCAR every week at this point because the cars are too easy to drive in the Cup Series at the top level. I would rather watch a truck and Xfinity race almost, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm not that guy, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm turning into that guy, man. Like, the races, like, I, I love the Cup Series. I've been to a Cup Series race. I've been to, I like, you know, I, I some people tell me, I get comments sometimes on my Twitter or messages to the podcast page, and they're like, man, you're talking crap about stuff. You ain't ever been there. Y'all, I've been to these races, okay? I have the receipts. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about, okay? And I'm telling you, I've been to enough to know, and I've been to the Cup Series enough to talk shit about it. I had a lot of people in the last week tell me, you were so hard on Bristol Dirt. You shouldn't be so mean. Listen, I paid the money every time they did it, and I, that gives me the right to talk because I'm the fan that's buying the tickets up there. Am I wrong? If I buy the ticket, I get to say what I want to say. That's how this works. Um, if I buy these streaming services to watch these dirt races, I can say what I want about them on my Dirty Talk show. If I go to every dirt race that's close to my house that I can possibly get to, then I can talk about it. I paid the money to do it. I'm an avid participant in the sport as a fan. It's not that I'm I'm not a passerby. Like I watch this stuff I, right now. When I'm recording the show. I got uh, Eldora on right now, and it's honestly kind of distracting because they're having a, some decent heats. They just reworked the track. It's awesome. You guys should all have flow sports. Anyways, I uh, 
I don't know, man. I I'm about ready for NASCAR to go away, and God forbid they hear this. But all those team owners out there, you know, you guys have more power than the the guys that own the quote unquote NASCAR do. Um, I know that you guys spend a lot of money on charters, and you know if you tell them to eat one, you're you're not really getting any money out of that. And I understand that, and you can't do that, but. <clears throat> I mean, what's to stop you guys from starting a team? Uh, you know, Chip Ganassi used to run NASCAR and IndyCar. Okay, so there's our NASCAR team. Well, here's this is going to be our Super Plate model team. This is our A team. This, you know, NASCAR's our rookie league. I mean, I'm not, like, even Kyle Larson. I'm not sure that Kyle Larson considers NASCAR his, his number one racing series. It's like that's his full-time job that he gets paid from, but I'd, Really think if he could pick, he would probably rather race dirt all the time. I mean, I I think guys like Kevin Harvick would probably rather race in the Cars Tour than race these new Cup cars. I mean, I could be completely off on that. I think Kyle Busch would rather race a high horsepower asphalt late model than you know what we're doing right now. Okay, so all you team owners, next time you boycott a meeting, why don't you go start your own meeting and talk about starting a new series? I'll be the first one to sign up for your subscription service, by the way, if that's what you're going to. I'll be there. You can count on me, okay? Um, if you guys need somebody to get on there and do the fan talk thing, hey, I'd love to do that for you. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. You guys are smart. You guys got money. <laughs> NASCAR has nothing without these teams. See, that's that's we're really getting into it deep here. But NASCAR, they have some tracks that they own, you know, asset-wise now. Um and if they wanted to try to race their series, they could tell them no. But, I mean, okay, the NASCAR on tracks is like, obviously, Daytona, Talladega, Martinsville, um, Darlington. There's some tracks on there that, you know, they would want to race their these series at. But if NASCAR doesn't let them, it's fine. But also, like, if they're not racing NASCAR, NASCAR can't tell them no because they got to make money somehow. As a business owning tracks, if nothing else, right? I mean, I don't know. But uh, next time you guys skip the meeting with NASCAR, why don't you guys all get together, uh, eat some donuts, some bagels, drink some coffee, and uh, hey, if you need an, if you need a consultant, um, the Caution Flag Contemplations podcast can be there as a consultant for how to do this. Um, I'm not talented enough doing your TV broadcast or anything like that, but I will follow you and I will uh, help run your social, and uh, you know I'd love it. But I'm just saying, we can st- you guys can start your own series. What is NASCAR without Rick Hendrick's money? What is NASCAR without Roger Penske's money? What is NASCAR without Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan's money? What is NASCAR without Gene Haas's money? Nothing. Nothing. They're, they're nothing. Okay? Those names is what the sponsors want. Right? So, they kind of are in more control than I feel like they're getting credit for. So, um, do what you got to do. And make them learn. Play hardball. Tell them you're going to go do something else. I mean, I'm dead serious, guys. What is stopping them from going and run the Cars Tour next year instead of NASCAR? All right. I'm done with that now. All right. That's my overall thing on this whole thing. Um, the current Cup cars suck. We got to do something. We, we need to rebuild the entire Cup Series at this point, basically. All right. The colleague update. This weekend in the Cup Series, uh, colleague is point. So they were supposed to have their final appeal this week. It's the you know they had the committee three. They went the committee one. NASCAR prior to their appeal sent the guy that's doing the appeal a letter and said and 
effort to be fair with everything that's happened with the Hendrick appeal in order of fair and then you know in order to be fair for the entire sport we want their penalties to match the penalties of Hendrick Motorsports I think that's fair for them to do that interestingly enough they asked for it to be reduced to that so colleagues points and uh points was wiped off the table it is now just a monetary and a four race suspension for them so I, hopefully they'll take one of their cars uh down to the tech shed this week at the r&d center and go ahead and slap them with a 75 point penalty and then also we can get matt Collig pissed off at nascar and he can go join those other teams that i just listed and just say hey f it we're gonna go start our own series be fine with me i mean i'd rather him do that so uh, glad Collard got the points back. Congratulations, Chris Rice. I know you probably lost a lot of sleep over that, but you kept smiling through the whole thing. If you guys want somebody positive to follow on social media, don't follow me. Follow Chris Rice, most positive man out there. Okay, and uh, I really appreciate that. And he's positive at the racetrack as well. I think I've talked about him here before. I've met him out there. He's he's always a happy guy. All right, horsepower. I've talked about it. If NASCAR wants to survive with their fan base and with their drivers, they're going to have to add horsepower. That's the only thing I see. Uh, NASCAR also today on Earth Day has gone out and made this announcement that by 2035, they plan to be carbon emission neutral or whatever the hell. And, and all of the fan base went, okay, well, you guys drink Bud Light. We don't care. We want V8s, 1,000 horsepower, 200 miles an hour. That's NASCAR. That's what we want. Get us that. That's all we've asked for, ever. Make it happen. We don't care about this emission shit. I know the OEMs care about it, but I'm telling you, you are hurting your fan base by doing this. And somebody else will start a series like I just talked about, and they won't care about these politics. They'll go out there and race race cars. Okay? It's not a good look for all of your drivers, every driver... And your entire series to say you need more horsepower and you to come out the next day and say we're trying to be greener. That's not a good look. It's scary. If you like NASCAR, the future of NASCAR is in, in, in danger. Okay, I'm putting it in red alert danger status. Okay, It's not good. Last news item. Tony Stewart. Let's talk about Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart goes out and runs some, not top fuel, but top nitro or whatever. The one level down from a top fuel dragster. Goes out and wins the four-wide nationals at Charlotte this weekend. <coughs> Tony Stewart's badass, for those of you who didn't know. Um, he won the thing. Reaction time was <laughs> one of the best you know we've seen in a while uh, in that deal. I don't watch drag racing. I'm not a fan of it. But the fact that Tony Stewart has now run Indy, Champ Car, uh, USAC, World Outlaws Sprint Car, World Outlaws Late Models... Cup Series, Truck Series, Xfinity Series. I don't know about Truck Series. Cup, Xfinity, um, IndyCar, NHRA, IROC. Hell, he probably raced Rolex. I don't know. What does Tony not want at? I mean, we always talk about Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch, the greatest talents of all time. Uh, don't sleep on Tony. Don't sleep on Tony. Tony's up there with, with the best of them. Uh, Kyle Larson got scared because, you know, Tony wanted that, and, you know, tonight Kyle Larson had to roll out a modified just because, you know, he's trying to keep up with Tony because he needs to be as good as Tony, so he's got to win as much stuff as Tony. That's why Kyle Larson's running the Indy race, and um, we're going to see Kyle Larson, you know, I think 
this is kind of going to be his last year, kind of going semi-full-time in a late model for his part-time stuff on dirt. He's really going to branch out and start doing anything he can, and uh, I hope he wins it all of it. But congratulations, Tony. Awesome to see that. Again, Tony, you're one of those guys that uh, has the brains, the money, and the power to work with some people to start a series at a track that we want to watch race at. So if you're listening, please do it. <coughs> NASCAR, you're on red alert. Um, other than that, Cup Series going to Talladega. No, you got Cup, Arca, and Xfinity at Talladega this weekend. Won't be there. Some of my buddies are going. If y'all listen to the show and the truck on the way down there and you make it this far, uh, I'm sh- which I'm sure you will, uh, it is now time for you all to uh, shotgun a beer. If you don't do it, you are what we indeed call a uh, a bee, a female dog. And um, so, if you're listening to this, now is time to shotgun a beer in the truck. Uh, sorry, Skip, because you're probably driving or something. But um, listen, it's Talladega. I hope you all have a great time down there. Sorry I'm not going. Wish I was. Hope to go back sometime. Had a great time with you all down there last spring. <clears throat> with the kid and stuff, it just didn't work out for me to get to go do that this time. And uh, I am going to miss it. I am going to miss it. Y'all be sure to save me a pack of uh, smokes. And uh, I'll be back sometime. We just won't tell tell Mrs. Casper, the host, about all that. So, uh, anyways. <clears throat> Appreciate y'all listening to the show. Um, I did not intend to put NASCAR on red alert as going out of business, but I did. And um, honestly, as a fan, I, I'm about at the point where I either want them to go to a 1,000 horsepower and low downforce next weekend, or I'm ready to watch something else. I mean, it's... It, I had a full re- week of racing last week and I'm having a full week racing this week and uh, the most excited the least exciting out of all the races I've watched was the NASCAR Cup Series race in Martinsville Dirt, Trucks, Xfinity I'm watching Dirt again right now I'm going to watch Dirt Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Saturday I'm going to watch I'll, I'll watch the you know the Xfinity and the Cup race obviously with podcast. I'm still a NASCAR fan I'm not leaving yet but I'm putting you on warning. I'm getting tired of it. Do better. Okay? It is. This is your red alert warning. You are going to lose the fans. I know that I am more of a fan than a lot of people that tune in to watch it are. And I can't take another bad race at Martinsville. I can't do it. I can't take a bad race at Bristol this fall. Like, I'm not going to be able to sit around and watch it. And I've stuck through it, through it all. I stuck through here through the COT days. When they were kind of crappy, you know, I, <laughs> I've been a fan my whole life, and I am, unfortunately, this whole, like, terrible racing, the, the actual quality of the cars racing around the track right now is on my nerves. It is time to get your racing back to what NASCAR is, which is fast cars. You got to get control of these races. You have to get your race control better. You have to. That is, that's also, like, top priority if you're NASCAR. Have to get that better. Can't be having tires sitting out by the wall, like I said. You are on red alert. Do better. You should not be sleeping until these things are fixed. That Martinsville race, if you guys aren't leaving sleep, losing sleep over how bad that Martinsville race are, you are doing something wrong if you were in corporate NASCAR. Alright? Do better. We'll talk to y'all later this week. I have Friday preview. I'll make some picks for Dega. Maybe a pick for a dirt race or two. I don't know. JP made some last night. 
um, and Dirty Talk. Y'all be sure to listen to that. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give me a follow, like, subscribe. Uh, I'm probably going to cut that rant section out put it on social media. Y'all be sure to give that a share for everybody. Um, other than that, thank y'all for listening. I really appreciate you. Y'all have a good night. We will see you next time. Just as a reminder, please give the show five stars. Give it a review wherever you're listening at. Uh, we are now found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as Spotify. Um, if you can, please leave us any comments, reviews that you can. Uh, get in touch with us at our social. That'll be on Twitter, at C Contemplations. That'll be on Facebook, at Content Flag Contemplations Podcast. On TikTok, at Casper943. Please give us a follow. Please give us a shout. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns about the show, that's where you can reach me. Thanks.